We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And this episode today brought to you by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host for the day, Jacob. I am joined by Taylor. Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. God damn. Is that from something? Because that just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> don't worry about it. Oh, is this uh No, no don't worry about it. Scrub. Okay. And we're joined by Kamiar. Carol Baskin fed her husband to the Tigers. Poor a He's fat. in the septic tank. I guess that's what it's from. I haven't watched uh is it called Tiger King? Tiger yeah. King. Dude, I haven't watched Tiger so King good. yet. I'm so already good. I've already done my second watch through. What is wrong with you? Uh, it was fun. It was, yeah. it was very I know. Intense. I need to sit down and watch Trying it. to distract ourselves from the world, and this man hasn't even watched the number one trending Netflix series. <laughs> but I he's going to sit it. and watch some anime, though, and play <laughs> Animal Crossing. I'm not. Hey, my fiance is playing Animal Crossing. I do not play Animal I Crossing. Bet, I bet you've watched her play it, though. I don't get it, honestly. I don't either. Why are they crossing animals? 
Not cross Are they crossing animals. Do you think Russell Westbrook could cross some some of those animals? Oh, he sham could definitely. Maybe oh, CP3 could. I thought you were meaning more like they were crossbreeding animals. Like you got a I dog doing a cat. I oh, mean, man. Joe Exotic had some ligers. Makes he, had some, he had some ligers. If you could crossbreed any two animals, oh, that's such a hard question. To form one, which one would it be? That's such and a it tough can't question. be something already made up, like like a, a griffin, like something that's already there. You have to make your own and name it. So, like, I don't know. That's hard. That's not. That's what she said. No, it's not though. <laughs> I went like, what if we took like a dragon, and, or sorry, a uh, alligator and gave him wings and it's basically a dragon. That could be cool. It's I mean, horrifying, sword, but also kind of cool. Swear to God. <laughs> I just said something that's not already made up. I was thinking more oh, like fair. you get like a rhinoceros and like an ostrich. So it's violent, but it's fast AF. And fast, oh, scary. An ostrich and a what? rhinoceros hmm. or you get like a cheetah with like wings like that and then you have like a you know a breaking sound barrier flying animal it's like a jet plane but yeah. animal. or you could mix like a gorilla and i don't know anything with a gorilla you guys be. aren't even naming these things i mean basically just like oh, yeah, look i at guess all we gotta come up with names too Go look at like Pokemon. It just always makes me think <laughs> of the old cartoon cat dog. Cat dog. Cat, cat dog. How about a jaguar with gills and webbing between its feet? Oh, and you can call it a cool. jaguar. That's kind of cool. You got the aqua in between the jaguar. Jaguars already like to swim, so if they could breathe underwater. Yeah, they'd be the. That was my uh, my high school mascot was a jaguar. Yeah, well, he sucks. Huh? I thought you were about to say a water jaguar. <laughs> It's a water jaguar. We were the Rams. Taylor, we were oh, yeah, the Rams. <laughs> Taylor was the Rams, Rams. and Kamiar was the Lions. Ah, we got them all. Maybe, yeah. maybe we should just combine all three of our high school mascots together into Whoa. one animal. Ah, there you go. Lion DNA doesn't need jaguar DNA, so we just got lions and <laughs> and Rams. Our Can you imagine like, a are lion with ram horns? <laughs> I bet it existed. That'd be pretty awesome. Oh, I sent Jake a link the other day about um, scientists discovering, like, DNA of saber-toothed tigers way back in, you know, of course, like, uh, prehistoric days. And uh, they said it weighed as much as a... Uh, was it a 1,000 pounds? It was like a, a pickup truck, pretty much. Holy crap. <clears throat> Could you imagine That's a horrifying. saber-toothed tiger weighing as much as a Ford F-150? Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, I think that's what it was, and uh, pretty pretty freaking massive. So like, you had to ima- imagine how big those teeth were, like how big the buffalo they were hunting and mammoths and stuff like that. Everything it's was wild. Like, so much bigger back then, and then humans started hunting them. That's wild. It's hey, crazy. speaking of pickup trucks, do you think it's still truck month? <laughs> Every month. Every is month. Truck month buddy. Yeah. As Seth Wildly Ford. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get on to some basketball, guys. So we are searching for content on kind of what to talk about with uh, without live games being played right now. We've done some classic game rewatches and done post-game podcasts of those. So if you're interested in those at all, make sure that you go back and download those and check them out. This past week, the three of us, Kamiar, Taylor, and myself, watched game one of the 2012 NBA Finals, uh, the one game the Thunder won in that series against the Miami Heat. 
uh, a bit of a culture shock, guys, to just kind of watch how that team played back then versus how this team plays now. Uh, it's just kind of fascinating. It's it, it was really interesting to watch. Uh, so if you're interested in that, go back and listen to that. Today we decided, uh, thanks to Taylor actually, who came up with this idea, that we would talk about the five most underrated Thunder aspects of the 2019-2020 season. So there's a lot of major storylines with this Thunder team this year. You've got like the emergence of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chris Paul becoming the most clutch player in the league and really turning back the hands of time, Dennis Schroeder uh, basically locking up sixth man of the year. All three but of those we, players playing together. <laughs> exactly, you know. But we wanted to look at some of the underrated aspects of this season, some things that kind of have flown under the radar but appear to be pretty significant to this season. So we made a list. We, we checked, checked it, twice. it twice. Yeah. Jinx. Who's and naughty we, and who's nice? I'm not going to finish it. I was really <laughs> tempted. I'm not going to do it. So we made a list, and we ranked – our top five. So we're going to go through our top five. But before that, I figured we would touch a little bit on our honorable mentions. Don't so those things... usually come after? Uh, I guess. Do you want me to do them after? No. Okay. I like so, the idea of like, yeah, kind of warming up to the Yeah, yeah. The big let's, uh, yeah let's get the <laughs> like juices to, flowing like a little bit. warm up and get the juices flowing. But what's <laughs> yeah, your guys' that... favorite juice? I like apple. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm probably I've always been juice I've, kind of orange guy. juice. Okay, yeah, pulp or no pulp? No, no pulp. pulp. Okay, I'm quitting the podcast. What? What? You're a pulp guy, dude. I want so much pulp in my orange juice. I want to eat that crap. Don't what? you also like crunchy peanut butter though? Oh hell yeah! Oh, All right, no. okay, you be quiet and I'm let's a texture move on guy. with the podcast. <laughs> no, you notice the you notice crunchy the crunchy peanut butter is peanut butter that's not fully peanut butter yet. It's Someone half-ass made the peanut with butter. With some texture in it. Leave it up to the brown guy on the podcast <laughs> to really just go beyond what is like the status quo. I'll drink orange juice, but I also would not mind eating my orange juice via the pulp. God, <laughs> via the pulp. It's the so texture. Much. All right, so honorable mention number one on underrated aspects of the Thunder season is Abdul Nader's progress. How have you guys felt? I know Kamiar's had some pretty strong thoughts on, on Abdul Nader, especially <laughs> coming down the stretch right before games got canceled. What are your thoughts on Abdul Nader and how he's kind of progressed in his time in Oklahoma City? Abdul Nader's an NBA guy. Um, I mean, you look at the system with Russ, uh, which was not a system at all. It was really just like what we saw. Honestly, it was really just what we saw uh, game one of NBA Finals, which is just like running gun and some pick and roll and just take your turn between Russ and PG for being quite honest with each other. Um, and that's not how these role players, that's not how these role players um, survive. That's not how these role players get their paychecks and stay in the league. Like Mike Miller, that guy's not staying in the league if, if he plays on a Thunder team. But if he goes to a team like the Heat where they really establish ball movement and he's a killer guy from that three-point line in the corners – if they like look up ball movement, movement off the ball, he can thrive off that. Same for Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver wouldn't do crap in OKC. But now, with this offense where like he, you're able to free yourself up and you're able to get the ball in your hands more often, whether you just to pass it, it still makes your confidence go up. And like there were so many times like 
he would come off a flare screen off the top of the perimeter and shoot an off the off balance three pointer and just sink and go down to the bottom of the net. And a that's just his confidence building up. He's a former G League Player of the Year, by the way. But also, um, it's just he had he was able to showcase his abilities more by being in a system to where he was open and not having Russ yell expletives at him, telling him to effing shoot. You know. Um, so I'm really happy with uh, Abdul Nader's progress. Like his defense towards the end of the year, really like is it bad defense? It's not the best, uh, but he tries his ass off, and he's an NBA guy. Um, he's he's a role player in the NBA, and he was all like, if you guys remember, he was out of the league. He was almost out of the league until the Thunder said, "All right, well, Boston, actually, before you cut him, just give him to us," you know? Yeah. yeah. And and that was it. And we went from okay to like, and then now we're like, oh well, he can actually play. Um, now you don't want him on a break by himself. Sometimes he 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 gives you some nice uh, video clips of not finishing and stuff like that. But he's really uh, something to be excited about. Um, is he there for the future? I don't think so. I think he'll be gone um, when CP3 and he'll be cap filler and yada yada when some big trades go down. But Really, really satisfied with his progress this year, especially from what we saw last year and what we saw with the Celtics. Definitely his. So in comparison to last season, his minutes per game have gone up by four. His field goal percentage rose by 3%. His three-point percentage rose by 5%, and he's shooting more per game. What's his, his points three-point went percentage? Up. His three-point percentage is 37% on 2.2 attempts a game. Man, and imagine if you got him to like three to four, you know? Yep. Uh, six points a game compared to four points a game last year. Uh, Comier, like you said, he's he's a role player. He's an end of the bench, your ninth, tenth guy in your rotation whenever your team's fully healthy. But for a ninth or tenth guy, he's a pretty solid ninth or tenth guy. Like I would take Abdul Nader ten days out of ten over a guy like Kyle Singler. Yeah. Like, again, just come back to the Mike Miller thing. Mike Miller, like, single-handedly buried OKC in Game 5 of the Finals in 2012 just by having the system being passed the ball wide open and making open threes. That's all that happened in Game 5. And Abdul Nader's that same mold. Can't really play defense. Uh, He can play better defense than Mike Miller. Um, And he's, uh, like Russ said, he can shoot the piss out of the ball. Uh, He just needs the opportunity to in the system for him. So I have his pre-All-Star and post-All-Star stats here because uh, it seems we really kind of, at least I did, uh, I wasn't thinking very highly of Nader for the first half of the season. And it seemed like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Jacob, during this last stretch, it seemed like Nader really kind of flipped a switch and um, was playing better on both ends of the floor. He's playing more controlled uh, and just really contributing a little more. Uh, so post-All-Star break, granted this is only nine games <laughs> compared to the 39 he played before, and then obviously the season got shut down. Uh, but he was averaging more minutes, 18.6 compared to 15.1 uh, pre-All-Star break. He was averaging 7.1 points post-All-Star compared to 5.7. And then his actually his, his field goal percentage, 43.8 post-All-Star compared to 44, 45.9. Sorry. So he actually had a lower field goal percentage post-All-Star, which is interesting. But his three-point percentage, 50% on the same amount of attempts, the exact same wow. amount of attempts compared to 34.1% uh, pre-all-star so i think that was the biggest thing we're seeing from him uh, he was continuing to be aggressive and attack the rim but was making his outside shots and something that i found interesting and granted these are very brief i mean they're called highlight reels for a reason <laughs> because they're literally high- highlights and they don't show the full picture 
but the Thunder posted um, for, you know, it's supposed to be March Madness right now, and unfortunately with the coronavirus, it's not, but they posted um, college highlights of each of their, their players that played in college, and I was watching Naders, and something I found super interesting is there was like literally zero highlights of Nader shooting from outside or shooting um, mid-range shots in college. It was a lot of him cutting and driving to the rim and some massive dunks. And like obviously you're going to show those in a highlight reel compared to like maybe three-point shots like I mentioned earlier. But um, I found it really interesting that he seemed to be a little more um, – of a, like more of a driver, like a kick and uh, and pass or kick and finish type of guy, and we still see that a lot in Nader's game. But he's tried to develop more into a three point shooter, I think. And I haven't, I should have dove into these stats, and I haven't. But he seems to have developed more into a three point shooter, an outside shooter, um, in the NBA compared to a guy who could just kind of bully his way to the basket in college. So I found that interesting. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, another one of our honorable mentions. We have four honorable mentions here. Our second one, Terrence Ferguson, falling off the map. One of the most underrated aspects of the Thunder season is Terrence Ferguson just generally being bad this season. When I don't know if if you two remember this, I don't know if our listeners remember this, but preseason we did a podcast where we made comps for all the Thunder's young players. Good times. And one of our comps for Ferguson, we talked about Danny Green and we talked about Josh Richardson. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> insane i mean we were really high on ferguson coming out of last season and we thought he was going to have a bigger role this season he was going to shoot the ball more he was going to put the ball on the floor and well royce thought he was going to score like 17 points a game yeah, yeah preseason yeah royce young said i think he said like 15 or 16 points mm-hmm. a game or something like that i mean i know ferguson had a lot going on in his life this season um you know and and you, you never want to overlook that for somebody but just the the product on the court, I think, is something that has been vastly underrated this season. I mean, Thunder fans like to bitch about it a lot, but when you really take a step back and look at the 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 big picture here, this is something that was really close to making our top five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. Uh, I'm looking at his offensive rating uh, for this year. Ferg's always to last been year. streaky, though. Ferg's always been streaky as hell, and like so, like true. Like all Thunder sh- shooting guards have been, for that matter. To me, it's just like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't fully remember me saying like, oh, he's gonna average like twelve points, and I never, I don't think in my wildest dreams I would have ever thought he would turn into Josh Richardson. Um, but like, he's had moments, he's had periods of time when he did really well, but those are like anomalies in comparison to his career, where it's just been like. Oh, go defend the best guy and be Andre Robertson. Except, honestly, like it's to the point where he is less offensively gifted than Andre Robertson because Andre Robertson was at Had least confidence. big enough and thick enough to actually play. Of like Dre was like six seven six eight, and he so he was thick enough to actually set a screen. And he so like during the six the sixteen playoffs. He so teams uh, would just like cast him aside in the corner. Okay, so he said, "All right, Billy Donovan did this. And it was freaking genius." Scott Brooks would have just kept on having Kendrick Perkins on the floor. Yeah. Um. But he said, "All right, well, if you're not going to guard Andre Robertson, I'm going to force you to guard." I mean, he put him in pick and rolls. So like, you had Dre getting just dunks on dunks, and with you know, Ferg, you can't do that. He's too skinny. He can't even set screens. And like the screens he does set are just like not strong enough because look how skinny he is. So you can honestly even say that Ferg is more limited offensively than Dre. Yeah. Well, so I'm looking at 
his uh, sp- his v- advanced splits from last year compared to this year. Um, and the three that stand out to me, his net rating, he was a plus 3.9 last year, last season, compared to a, a minus three this season so far. Um, a 54, 55.2 uh, field goal efficiency percentage last season compared to 48.7 this year, even though uh, all the smart analysts aren't using field goal efficiency any longer. That's my Trump mock. Oh, okay. I couldn't <laughs> um, tell if it was that or Maury. <laughs> one of the two. Um, and then true shooting, which is one I really uh, always like to look at. He was a 56.6% true shooting percentage last season compared to 50.4 this year. So he has dropped off pretty dramatically, particularly on the offensive end. It's interesting stuff, man. All right, our third honorable mention, Darius Baisley, his playing time and his contribution. Uh, we That almost made our list as well for most underrated aspects of this Thunder season. Uh, didn't make the cut, but Baisley, uh, a guy that we knew nothing about on draft night, ended up appearing in 53 games, playing 17 minutes a game this season, uh, eight starts, a lot of those coming whenever... Uh, Danilo Gallinari Danilo rested on back-to-backs. Gallinari. <laughs> That's such a cool a, song. Ca- yeah, Great. it's so catchy. Have you all too. of it? I haven't, yeah. watched, I haven't listened to the whole thing, it's but fantastic. I've heard, heard parts. It's fantastic. Um, Darius Baisley, 4.5 points, uh, four rebounds, half an assist, half a steal, half a block a game. Uh, shots, only 38% from the field, uh, and that is because about half of his attempts from the field came from three which he only shot 30% from this season. But tools to be a very good player and someone who I think in the big picture we don't talk about a whole heck of a lot, but a lot of high hopes for this kid. Kind of kind of Definitely. flown under the radar this season. And I should have gone back and listened to our post-draft uh, podcast from this past summer. Um, but I'm pretty sure like the majority of us kind of thought that he was either going to either going to be a kid who just kind of got in small minutes here and there, maybe got some garbage minutes and uh, played in the G League quite a bit for development. Kind of similar to what we thought Steven was going to be when they first drafted Steven, right? Um, obviously, they're obvi- very completely different players, but we both of those players came in as kind of like prospects, and we thought that they'd probably see a lot of G League time. Well, Steven didn't, and the next thing we know, his second year, he's we're, we're saying that he probably should start over, per- uh, over Perk. I think Baisley could be a similar situation um obviously it's a little different this year where he's he, players aren't getting it's not like a lockout where players are getting to work out and practice right now um but you give basically another summer hopefully where he's able to get into a gym uh minus the coronavirus and and bulk up and improve on his work on his game i think we'll see some big improvements from basically next season and um i know jacob and i jacob and justin and i were on a podcast here a couple weeks ago and we were saying maybe we'd want brandon clark over basically um, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if two seasons from now we're like, man, Baisley was a gamble, but it paid off. Like, I totally would take Baisley over over uh, Brandon Clark now, you know? So there's just so much unknown with him, but the fact that he's produced like he has so far I think is is huge. After seeing their first seasons, and I know that Baisley's season was cut short, so you really, you really only got to see half of a season from yep. him. Would you guys take Darius Baisley's Darius Baisley over Terrence Ferguson. Would you trade Ferguson before you trade Baisley? Oh man, like recency bias makes me want to say yes. Just it's because not, I mean, it's not, not I'm even so really intrigued. Recency bias. Ferguson's been in the league. How many? How many? Years? I mean, that, yeah, that's fair. Three yeah. years. He's still I, super I mean, young. Baisley's but... still still what nineteen years old. Yeah, yeah. He, and he just had half, half a year so in his rookie season. Very good point. 
and he shot, I think, better from three than Ferg. Uh, he's more dynamic as far as like the things he can defend, kind of. So yeah, and his ball handling. His ball handling is, is really what sets him apart. Far from better. Um, his size, six foot eight. So are you we know, saying he's, he's that played we... most of his? Yeah, I would definitely trade Ferguson before I traded Baisley. If you came to me so right too. now and said one of them has to go, Ferguson, one hundred percent. Yep. Who does Baisley remind you of? Um, just say I'm going to say it, and you're not going to like just it. Just say Pascal Siakam. And That's what I was going to say. Fine. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Pascal's I said probably he was more Pascal Siakam like during a game one time when he was just killing it on the floor. His his game is just very Pascal like. Yeah, because and he I runs remember... the floor so well. Just I I I like his game a lot. I mean, if you can have a playmaker at the four like that, I mean, you're in business. I remember asking I mean, and, talk, and talking to Mikey about like, hey, is Darius Baisley like? Jeremy Grant light, and he said no, 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 no. I asked if Jeremy Grant Grant was Pascal Siakam light, and this was last season. He said no because the ball handling's not there, um, and he's not really the shooter that he is. And he doesn't envision him being the shooter that he is, and doesn't have the ba- same IQ. Ba- ba- and he doesn't have the same IQ. And Baisley's nineteen, and like, man, this guy has like seven years to grow uh, right. before he even hits his prime. Uh, 26, 27 is when you're supposed to be in your primes. Like, okay, so he's got this guy locked up in a contract for that and then the extension. And then, um, you know, uh, okay, so you can see some pretty special stuff from Baisley um, if he doesn't plateau. Totally agree. Our last honorable mention on underrated aspects of the season. This one uh, is the opposite of what people are doing on the court. Andre Robertson and his absence. We came in thinking Robertson was going to start at the three for this team. Chris, Shea, Dre, Gallinari, He said Steven he was Adams. ready to go. Um, Chris, Shea, you have Dre. the uh, preseason uh, interviews. Full go. I'm full go, baby. Full go. Yep. That's what it was. Good call. Oh, just kidding. I'm in Los Angeles with Rachel Demita drinking is like, my I, element water. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we all kind of touched on it. Like every once in a while, we make the comment like it. Dre's still not back. Dre's, you know, we don't expect him back. Will he ever see the court again? But, like, nope. How I think this kind of ties in with how good this team's been, which isn't so much an underrated um, storyline because it's talked about quite a bit. You know, the Thunder, hypothetically, if the season was still going on, they're probably the fourth or fifth seed right now in the West. They currently are the fifth. They had a chance to be the fourth prior to the Utah Jazz game getting canceled. So if they're the fourth in the West and you add Andre Robertson, like a healthy Andre Robertson to this team, even if he's not what he was the year before he got injured and just step below that, I mean, that's huge. I feel like he's he could contribute so much. I mean, he could put the Thunder up another tier for that matter. Yeah. Um, and so him being gone is just it We really talked is a lot big. about the one thing the Thunder lacks is a big wing who can defend Andre yeah. Robertson is exactly that. Yep. You know? So some interesting honorable mentions. Hey, so we figured we're going to go through our top five, but we're going to list these four honorable mentions in a Twitter poll. And if you guys would like to go online, go to twitter.com, follow us at the underscore uncontested (laughs) and go ahead and vote for which honorable mention you think is the biggest underrated thunder aspect of the thunder season. Um, obviously the biggest one outside of our top five, and maybe you disagree with our top five, so vote and let us know. Uh, We would love to hear that. Before we break down our top five, though, we want to take a real quick moment to tell you about our ad for the day. Guys, I know it's kind of busy right now. We've talked a lot about there not being any sports going on, 
No, M- no NBA, no NHL, or MLB. You might be thinking there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong. Our exclusive partner, betonline.ag, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24, hour, 24 hours a day, all online, and they include their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather, which, as I know many of our listeners are from Oklahoma, the weather's pretty crazy. That'd be kind of fun to bet on, if we're being honest. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, we, guys, without fur- – oh, sorry, go ahead. Did we ever pull all of our money and bet the over for the win total for the Thunder? No, I think so. They changed the the over-unders, but they weren't bettable, I guess. Uh, so we couldn't put money on it. Or it, oh. it wasn't locked in. I think they they had adjusted at the time that we went in to, um, to put money on, and so it wasn't going to be as big of a reward at that point. We were like, oh. eh, we got a little yeah. more skeptical. <laughs> so without further ado – Let's break down our, the uncontested, top five most underrated aspects of the Thunder season. Number five is the re-signing and really good play from Nerland's Noel. This is such a good underrated theme. I feel like we haven't really talked. I mean, every once in a while, like on a posting podcast, we'll be like, yeah, and then Nerland's uh, a positive for this game is Nerland's Noel. He, or the centers as a collective whole, they played really good this game. But we haven't really given Nerland's proper shine uh, so far this season. Yep. 100%. He's been Nerland's, real good. And this season, fine. Nerland's is shooting the best field goal percentage of his career, 69 Nice, real nice. nice. Yeah, and he's Very on a minimum nice. contract too. Exactly. That's the huge. the start. Like none of us, none of us expected him to re-sign in Oklahoma City. I you remember said he gone, especially he, on a he, minimum. It was announced he he signed, and then he like put on Instagram like the the eyeball emoji, like, and what? then like he wasn't signed, and then he ended up signing anyways, and it was like this back and forth. Yeah. So, but he comes back on a minimum uh, this season, shooting sixty nine percent from the field, nice. seven points, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, one and a half blocks per game, uh, playing eighteen and a half minutes. Yeah. So this year is actually I'm looking at his advanced splits again. His highest offensive rating at a uh, one hundred seven point five offensive rating. His defensive rating actually is one hundred five point seven. So. Not incredible, but Boston <laughs> that offensive really rating. Used him. Boston really could have used him. They could have. And, I mean, the Lakers. Well, sorry. The Lakers have Dwight, and he's kind of emerged and had a good season. They but have Dwight, Clippers. Javier, they have everybody. Yeah. Nerlens has been uh, j- just absolutely great this year. I think his chemistry with point- those point guards, with Schroeder, with Chris Paul, with Shea, all the lobs he catches, uh, his ability to, like, protect the rim – his, his he's got a pretty high basketball IQ. He's a he's really good a nice, passer. Yeah, he's got a nice touch too. Like he can shoot jumpers somewhat. Well, and so yep. and speaking of that, That's his uh, field goal efficiency and his true shooting percentage are the highest this year. I'm looking at this to make sure I'm right. Yeah, the highest this year, both of his entire career. He's shooting the ball he's really good. well right now and continue to develop and and blossom. 
Yep. Tend so to do just uh, when he, you're having fun. Yeah. He's a guy that you know doesn't get talked about a whole lot with this team. Uh, he's been, I think, fairly underrated, but he's been such a positive impact on this team, and especially you know coming from Dallas on that minimum deal two years ago after just the debacle that was the Dallas for debacle. him. The, the, yeah, the, the hot dogs, the whole thing. Just his professionalism, He's he's been great. He's been absolutely great. He's been great to the point that this summer I think he might end up finding himself a starting position in the league somewhere. Uh, yeah, or at least an extended contract. He'll be done with these one-year vet minimum, or not vet. He's not really a vet, but uh, minimum contracts. Um, and it's something, another stat. I'm just like scrolling through NBA stats right here. Just throwing How out all the stats. How old is Nerlens? Nerlens uh, Noel is 25. Tw- about to be 26. He'll be 26 oh, on April 10th. 354. Yeah. Huh. So um, it could be possible that OKC trades Steven Adams and keeps Nerlens. They, they, it's and a possibility. He would, he would fit the the time frame better. This year is his only positive plus minus. Which is kind of says a lot about the teams he's been on. If we're being completely honest, uh, he's part of the trust the process Sixers. Uh, he was the first four and he, he was literally the beginning of the process. And then, um, you know, his nickname on basketball two. reference okay, is the Nerlin wall oh, instead great. of the Berlin wall. That's pretty good. That's terrible. I didn't know that was a thing. It's disgusting. <laughs> I like it. Uh, that's awesome. They should have a sounder in the arena. Whenever he blocks a shot that says, Tear down that wall. <laughs> I just remember his flat top from when he was at Kentucky. Yeah, I kind of like the dreads better, to be honest. Yeah, I just uh, do. I like the flat top. The flat top was pretty good. It was a big flat top. I like sh- I like Shay's dreads though. Yeah, he's got the, the braids going. Yeah, now, and now he's got the braids. Yeah. All right. Any more thoughts on Nerlens before we move on to um, aspect number four? Nope. All right. Well, underrated aspect number four on our list, the new Thunder culture, the post-Russell Westbrook, post-Paul George, post-Kevin Durant, the culture of the team this year. And I'm going to let Kamiar start off with this one, specifically with some quotes from a couple of players uh, that really kind of describe the culture. So first of all, we can start off with Nerlens. Um, And like I said during the last thing about Nerlens being really good, He's mentioned like last year, you know, last year he said he was having fun because he had never really been on a team that's won before that much and he'd never really been to the playoffs. So he was like, he was just excited to be on a team that was good, you know? And then this year he comes in and, you know, once the team starts figuring out how to play with each other, like, if they, you know, they got, they were like five and nine at one point, but then the team really starts figuring out how to play with each other and gelled and really started to become pretty good and almost number four seed in the West. Um, if they would have beat the the Jazz and the coronavirus-stricken Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell after Rudy touched all the mics, and now he's a jackass. But anyways, um, but Nerland said this is the most fun he's ever had playing basketball. Um, and like so that, that's a testament to the team. Um, that's a testament to... The teammates that are all around him, uh, gelling, uh, style of play, because everybody gets to touch the ball. He's playing seemingly, I th- I'm guessing, more minutes this year. Is he playing more minutes this year? It seems like it. 
I don't know. But that anyways, is a good you guys, question. You guys I had look a, it up oh, wait, while I'm sorry, talking. I do have it pulled up. But uh, uh, I feel like he's playing at least a few more minutes this year. He and is. He's just having a good time. This is the highest lobs. he's played since 2016-2017. It's by okay. far his highest with the Thunder. His first year with the Thunder, he played um, 13.7. This year, okay. he's playing 18.4. With the Mavericks, he played 15. He's playing three minutes more per game, basically. But he did play... Um, 20.5 in 2016-2017 per okay. game. But, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he, he, he just has so many options in, like, the, the t- t- three guys between Shea, uh, Schroeder, um, Chris Paul, you have three point guards that know how to operate a pick and roll. That makes things really, really good for him. Um, and he's catching lobs, and they trust him with the ball. And defensively he's an anchor not just for the second unit but for the first unit they spell a lot of these guys like it's not like oh it's not like a hockey change it's not like first units in and all right second units in they just come in and like they really they they spell a lot of these guys so that's really good for him so he's talking about having a lot of fun and then dennis schroeder before the season even started was mentioning and and then then he mentioned during this during the year that you know the the change in leadership styles where you know at last year's exit conference he he said that he never had a coach like before that let the players do have have so much freedom and then he kind of smirked and was like sometimes he thinks um that can be a bad thing and of course he's like talking about russ and pg and then this year he's talking about um just like how well Billy is like really organized and orchestrated all of this and to keep everybody really happy and to keep egos in check and really just to go out like cause he's a sixth man of the, he's a sixth man of the year candidate but the man plays like 28 minutes so like is he really a sixth man um so just like the entire team uh, ball uh team possessions it's just pretty great he even he even called out Russell and PG um by name he said I mean, or quote, I mean, Russell's my guy. Yeah, but Russell that's right. is, but Russell is Russell Westbrook. He's earned everything he's done in the NBA. He's a hell, he's a hell of a player. Yeah. Paul George the same, but I think this year with Chris Paul, he talks a lot as well. He talks with the coach, being in touch with them. I think it's just a different vibe we have in the locker room, and it works. Last year, I think we could have took it further than we did, but it didn't work. Portland had a hell of, had a hell of a series, but this year <laughs> we're on the same page. That's a credit to Donovan putting us where we need to go. Shay, Chris, everybody sacrificing myself for sacrificing to get to this point as well. I've seen a lot in this league, and normally that never works out. Isn't it really interesting, though, that you have all these young guys on the team, um, and even Dennis and himself saying that, man, Chris Paul's the best teammate I've ever had, and then yep. Russell Westbrook's in Houston, and you have guys like uh, Dr. Austin Rivers and other players Dockers. like, man, <laughs> Russell Westbrook's the best teammate I've ever had. Yeah. So, that's, so I think it's a really, really interesting dynamic between, like, Russell Westbrook going to a team that's been so close to a title because Chris Paul got hurt, by the way. Um, so close to going to the NBA Finals, because and then Chris Paul got hurt, and then they lost the to the Warriors. And to see Russell Westbrook in, installed, who doesn't play defense, but is in that style of run and gun. It's like, oh, yeah, he's the best team I've ever had. And you have all these guys like Dennis Schroeder, um, Shea Gilgis, and even Abdul Nader mentioned this really early on, like during the season while we were still losing. He said Chris Paul's the best team we've ever had. He's the best leader, yeah, best that's mentor true. That's ever a good had. Good point. Good reference. Um, so it's and that was when the Thunder they were not on like 
winning 11 out of 12 games. This is when they were like 5-9, and 4-7. and seven. So it's pretty cool to think about it in terms of that, that you, you need that mentor that Chris is like having a second coach on the floor with you. I mean, it, it's all about fit, and it's it's all about personalities. And, you know, Russ has been really good for that team in Houston uh, with that fit and those personalities, like Austin Rivers, for example, and James Harden. And uh, Chris Paul has been perfect for these young guys, um, this young team, and kind of getting come in and be the automatic leader. Uh, it's been a perfect fit with the perfect personalities. And I'm, I'm thankful that guys like Shea, I mentioned this before, but Shea, a guy we mentioned earlier, Baisley, uh, some of our young guys like that get to learn um, – from this leadership and also just be a part of this positive culture. I think it's, like I said, the perfect fit um, for this team, especially for those young guys. I think it'll pay dividends moving forward for this Thunder team. And you look at you look at it at the end of the day where, like it, like you said, it's the difference of culture between the two teams where the Rockets, they think they can win a title soon. And they've been in the title hunt, geez, for like the last four or five years, it seems yep. like. And they just can't get over that hump. Something happens, like a Chris Paul injury. And so, like, they're at a different time in their in their basically their championship window. Whereas OKC, their theirs is not open, and it's it won't be open for a minute. And Chris Paul, he had some quotes at the end of some of the one of their last games they played, and he said, you know, like they may have arguments during a game, um, but at the end of the day, it's the teamwork that gets them by. I think it was I think it was like against the Celtics. That they can have arguments at the end of a during a game, but it's you know it's all in the sake of the team, uh, and and that it, they all make you try to try to make each other better. So like, you know that caused issues in Houston between him and Harden and, and some others. But you come to the to OKC where you've never really had that amount of leadership and guys that want to get really a lot better instead of just being told what to do. Uh, really matters. Uh, it makes a world of a difference. Agreed. It's good stuff. And and kind of like both of you guys mentioned, I'm just excited to, to see the hands-on grooming that Chris Paul is doing um, to young players, specifically Shea and Baisley, trying yeah. to, to groom them into uh, future leaders as well. Yeah, and they said that Shea and Chris are inseparable during the yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome stuff. Next on our list, number three on most underrated aspects of the Thunder season, the style of play. Oh, gosh. This this Thunder team is playing much differently, and I think number four and number three are really tied close together here. Um, I think number four, three, and when we get to number two, I think all three of those are tied closely together. Uh, A few stats for you guys. I've sent this stat out in the Slack so many times. Yeah. I love seeing that updated because it gets better and better. Yep. So in comparison from last year to this year, the Thunder are making 40 more passes per game. Last year, the final Russell Westbrook season, the Thunder were dead last in passes per game. This year, uh, they are really high up there. They're like top half of the league. Last year, they were dead last in hockey assists, which is the pass that leads to the assist. This year, they're top 10. That's crazy. And then a really interesting stat for me. Last year, they had the highest percentage in assist-to-pass ratio. So a lot of their passes were assists. This year, they're third lowest in assist-to-pass ratio, which means they're passing the ball a lot, um, not just to get an assist. Yep. Right? Yep. And so 
I know Kamiar has kind of harped on this one all season long, and, and it's a great point. And it really struck a chord for me after watching that 2012 That's finals game the say. other night. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, like, it's, it, in a way, it's kind of fun and ironic that's us three doing this podcast again after watching the 2012 finals game um, earlier this past week yep. because we mentioned this exact point. And that game, it was just like, it was your turn, my turn. It was so apparent. It was more apparent to us watching it now compared to if we would have, you know, been doing post-game podcasts over that game back in 2012 because we're used to this new style and we've been watching this new style of basketball. And it's such a sharp contrast compared to the way the Thunder used to operate. Definitely. Like, like watching games this year, like, it gets to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys need to pass the ball when it looks like a possession from last year. Yeah. You know, the ball moves, the players move so much more. And I, I found this stat that I, these stats that I compiled a lot, and the last time I checked it was March 8th, and that's really dead close to the end of the season, guys. Uh, when they cut it off, when Rudy Gobert and the Jazz showed up to town. That's like not even a week out, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and uh, like yeah, like you said, uh, the passes passes made last year with Russ it was 242 oh, what's around I guess we can just do it 242 a game this year uh, and they were dead last in the NBA uh, passes made this year they're 16th in the NBA 290 passes so nearly 50 more passes uh, something that's really interesting they were sixth in pace last year and that netted them uh, a offensive rating of 110 16th in the NBA this year, they're 20th in pace to the bottom third of the league in pace. And then netted them a 111 offensive rating and for 14th in the NBA. And That's of course, fascinating. Yeah, of I noticed course, that when I was looking at those individual stats. Hockey, uh, hockey assists, like you said, uh, that, that third assist um, last year, 29th at two and a half or two, basically a game. And then this year it's, they and they were they were 29th last year in the hockey assist and this year they're sixth for the hockey assist averaging three and a half nearly four a game but yeah it's pretty interesting stuff yeah very i, I would ball, like, i would update this every moves, so often yeah like, the ball and the player moves so much more and that's uh, why abdul nader's having so much guys like abdul nader are having so much success and darius Baisley is able to have the success he's having this year in comparison to what he would have experienced in court in accordance with last year. Like this is why Lou Dort is able to have some success coming yeah. in. Yeah. Okay, so if I take us too deep down this rabbit hole, please uh tell me to stop and I will. But I we like always rabbits. hear we, we always hear the uh you know, the the notion that you know, why didn't Presti surround Russell Westbrook with shooters? He never surrounded him and Kevin Durant with shooters. If he would have done that, they would have had a championship. Well, I mean there's guys like Obviously, James Harden, he was young, and they trade him. But Kevin Martin, uh, Butler, you know, uh, Amo, there's a lot of guys who were shooters. And you compare their stats with the Thunder compared to their other teams. They didn't shoot as well when they came here. So was it actually Presley not surrounding the team with shooters, or was it the style of play? And I think what we're seeing this year is is what you mentioned. Right, right? and I I think what you mentioned, uh, Kamiar, about guys like Nader having better seasons this year is – you know, like you said, a lot, a large part of that is because of our number four, which was the Thunder culture and um, this new style of play. And I think that's that's been huge uh, for the team as a whole and has unlocked some new weapons for this team. 
Totally agree. The the whole argument of like, was it the system or was it the players that stopped shooting well? I also think there's a third option there where they aren't utilizing the shooters because you have Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant on your team. Yeah. So why get shooters that that aren't going to be utilized? Instead, go get guys like an Andre Robertson who doesn't need to touch the ball and instead is just going to play on the other end. Right. Yeah, that's a really you know? good point. Um, the, the whole idea of, of how you build that roster out is very fascinating. The so, truth is well, always somewhere in the middle. And also yep. who's able to coach those that roster and coach those guys who, um, you know, coaching guys like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, that's very tough to do. Uh, they had a lot of control within this organization. But now this season, when you don't have those guys Especially anymore, when you're Billy Donovan and you come in and those guys primes when they've been playing one way for so long. Exactly. And so Optimus here's our number two. Prime. So, uh, speaking of coaching, let's move on to our second most underrated aspect of the Thunder season. Bum, bum, bum. I lo- <laughs> that was why even sound have effect. Sounders when you have Kamiar? <laughs> Thank <Whoa>. you. <laughs> Billy Donovan's success. There were people calling for this guy to get fired last year, we, and we're we now talking about him, him as a podcast. top three <laughs> coach of the year candidate. What changed? I mean, and pers- why? Why isn't his praises sung louder? So personnel, for sure. Maybe, honestly, both of those questions, I think you could, and this may not be the best answer for both, but you could answer both of those with personnel. Um, He wasn't – everybody wanted his head because the person – he wasn't the right coach for the personnel. Um, Those players had so much control over the organization. You know, we've heard rumors, um, and I don't know how true they are, that basically Presley told Billy, you know – coach everybody uh develop everybody but let russ and pg don't coach them quite as hard kind of thing um and then compared to this season where he kind of has more control of the organization the style of play he's able to implement his style of play we've talked about that this it season. ties back into that culture 100 percent, right, right and it, it's very interesting to, to me to see the the difference um because it kind of makes me think of his first year when he was coaching the thunder after the thunder let go of scott brooks and we gave billy so much praise was it the spurs series and the the um, yeah spurs series. yeah yeah and, and we said you know his adjustments that that series is what essentially won the thunder the game or put them put the thunder in position to win that series literally like a high school coach like screaming out the plays the Spurs were running well, while yeah. they were and on defense. And then guess who leaves? Kevin Durant leaves. That changes everything. Oh, Next thing gosh. you know, you have to put Russell Westbrook up on a even higher pedestal, pedestal. and he's almost untouchable happy. to be coached. If a star ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Exactly. Yep. You don't want to lose Russell Westbrook now. And so that kind of haltered Billy. Um, and I think now he's finally been freed again to kind of coach how he wants. And you have a player. I, uh, I think, and like part Chris of that Ball. is, like you said, like this star wasn't happy, so nobody's happy. Yep. Well, this year he kind of had a clean slate. You know, it, it really no egos. You have young guys. You have Chris Paul who came in and bought in. Right. And once you had Chris Paul buy in, I think everybody else just kind of fell in line. I agree. I agree. You know, and and so the, these past three topics that we have are are aspects. The Thunder culture, the style of play, and Billy Donovan's success, you can tie all three of those up in a nice little package together. And call it the 2019-2020 season. And yeah. unfortunately, we're being robbed of the uh, second half of that, even if they do resume play. Like, I don't mean to be a <laughs> downer right here, but um, like even if they do resume play, like not, their momentum's been kind of altered, not. you know? Like, I mean, it's, think about it like this. When OKC were 
between two coaches for some reason. It was Billy Donovan and Kevin Ollie. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, these two coaches between Billy Donovan and Kevin Ollie. Kevin I'm, so, I'm so glad they chose Billy Donovan. And one was of the things UConn? that I mentioned was like, all right, what offense does Billy Donovan run that's made him so successful at Florida? Because he's not Kentucky. Where he's not even really Duke, where he's recruiting the best players in the country and saying, "All right, guys, go run down the court and do your thing." Like that's what Duke and Kentucky do. And at Florida, you can't do that there because they're they're not a blue blood. And like you now, he got guys like Joe Kim Noah, Corey Brewer, Mike Miller, um, Brad Beal, Brad Beal. He had really special guys, but he doesn't have you know a roster of ten blue chippers. This guy. Right. He would get some four stars and a blue shipper here, maybe, and then some three star guys. But so I was looking at like how are they so successful in what they do, and they and I I looked at a lot of the things and I looked at a lot a lot of videos that he ran coaching clinics uh, because he had a spread he ran a spread pick and roll and I was like oh that's Intriguing. sounds really interesting sounds like the NBA Sp- yeah spread pick and roll and motion off the ball and i was like okay that's that i was like if you can get russ and katie to buy into that that's going to make this team really good of course it never happened katie stood at the top of the perimeter calling for the ball russ did the same it didn't change when katie left it didn't change of course it didn't change during russ's mvp season it didn't change with paul george like and you would see it in the past couple seasons with russ and them that they would start moving the ball at the beginning of the season and they would revert right like once they started losing or the game got close they would revert right back to isolation ball and it was just so unsuccessful for them so now you're actually getting to see what a spread pick and roll offense really looks like well um with billy donovan speaking of that come here one thing i'm pretty sure you're the one who brought this point and this was you know, maybe here a month and a half, two months ago. So we were in the heart of the season. Um, but you mentioned that Billy played with multiple ball handlers during his time with Florida. And yeah. he's getting to do that again this season. And we've seen the success of that. And I thought that was a fantastic point to see the mirrored success. And, um, you know, we thought it was so far-fetched. We actually thought about putting that on here, but we've talked about it enough that we decided it wasn't super underrated. It may be underrated amongst, like, the NBA uh analysts as a whole but maybe not so much for the thunder community three-point guard lineup you know we and thought Charles, he was Charles crazy Barkley when he mentioned that said he thinks he, billy donovan should be you know talked about for coach, coach of, of the year. year absolutely absolutely i sound like paul george there absolutely absolutely <laughs> you didn't poop your pants and get carried off the court though <laughs> that's the truth uh, good times uh all right well let's move on to our number one our most underrated aspect of this Thunder season. Bing, bing, bing. And we are, we're all kind of in unison on this one. The most underrated aspect is the fact that an undrafted 20-year-old kid who spent time in the G League and is playing on a two-way deal has earned a starting spot on the 5-4 slash seed in the Western Conference. Lou Tang. Lou it goes scored. to the Lou Tang clan. I was wearing that hoodie today while I was working out in my den. I highly recommend you guys go out and buy your own hoodies uh, because they're very comfortable. And it comes with a white drawstring, which makes it actually more stylish. And they're very, very soft, and they fit very well. Uh, that's my plug for buying the Luteng Clan hoodies. They're very nice. Yeah. Love them. Love them. So I looked up a player comparison between Lou and Terrence Ferguson this year. Oh, God. <laughs> 
it's thoughts interesting. And pra- thoughts and prayers. Minutes <laughs> per game, Terrence plays about one minute more per game than Lou does. Uh, Lou takes one and a half more shots than Ferguson. Hashtag Lou confidence. shoots 4% better from the field than Ferguson. They're about even on three-point percentage. Uh, they are even on rebounds pretty much. Lou is about half a rebound more. They're basically dead set even on assists. Lou averages more steals. Um, and Lou averages two more points per game than Terrence Ferguson. So kind of across the board, when you're looking at it, you kind of start to lean Lou Dort's way just when you're looking at the counting stats. And then you look at the confidence on the floor. Terrence Ferguson doesn't start for this team. Abdul Nader doesn't start for this team. Hamadou Diallo doesn't start for this team. Uh, Deontay Burton doesn't start for this team. Guys with NBA experience. Yeah. Lou Gentz Dort got an opportunity. And he took seized full it, advantage of it. And then they couldn't take him off. He's just he's, he's a been high impact good. player, you know. And I'm looking at on off stats or on off splits here uh, on cleaning the glass. And um, it, well, you have the uh, efficiency differential, teams team points scored per 100 possessions minus the T points allowed per 100 possessions. Lou at plus 2.4. Ferg at let's see this year he's at negative uh, 10.5. Wow. <laughs> and then it's the insane. expected wins, which is how many games would a team win? In the 82-game season with this efficiency differential I just mentioned, which is a, a pretty uh, fun stat to, to throw in there. This year, Ferg, the Thunder would be at, he's at negative 26, so they'd be not very good. Um, <laughs> where Lou has a plus six expected wins. So, I mean, again, you can scroll through all these stats and see them. Uh, offensive stats, defensive stats, but like you said, Jacob, even just the impact on the floor. Lou has confidence, which is something that Ferg's lacked this entire season. And he just makes – he's kind of like Hamadou in the sense that he makes things happen, but he has a better physique. Um, he has a little bit more of a jumper, even if it's not fantastic. And he just – he's a fantastic defender, especially for his age and um, his, his inexperience. And it's been really fun to watch. It, it basically, as soon as they threw him into that starting lineup – this team took a turn for the better, and they started their hot streak and winning some of these games that they maybe shouldn't have, and pulling off some of these close games uh, against you know inferior teams. And it's it's been really fun to watch, and it's it's a reason he's become a fan favorite. So even if the fans and Thunder fandom has been talking about him a lot, um, just his impact overall, the fact that he was an undrafted rookie uh, starting for this team, like you mentioned, is highly underrated, and just the NBA community as a whole. Yeah, like, nationally, he's very young. Exactly. Like you hear every once in a while, like, oh, yeah, and then they have some guy named Lou Dort starting for him right now, and, and he's playing okay, but, like, nobody's really taking a deep dive into just what he's doing for this team. Um, I mean, and I talk think that's about big. the trial by fire that this man had to start. Like, yeah. his, his first night out, wasn't he guarding Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, that's the other uh, thing. He's and then the next the night, wasn't it Dame? I think flip-flopped, but yeah. Like, yeah. This man, like, it's, it turned into Ferg, which was like, oh, by the way, we know you're on a two, two-way contract. By the way, we know you're not practicing with a team. Um, go guard the best player on the opposite team, please. And, and he did a damn good job. And, like, so like, he he wore down Donovan Mitchell in the fourth quarter where Donovan just couldn't do anything. Might have been a little coronavirus. Who knows? Uh, and then 
who got he got cleared by the way, which is all these NBA players that are coming out got cleared. All the so that's fantastic. yeah. Marcus Smart announced today yeah, he's fantastic. he's clean and good to he go. Needs that's to awesome. Get out news. of Boston, Mass, and go back to Oklahoma is what he needs to do because uh, <laughs> Boston's a it's a it's they're rough it's a right now. Anyways, cesspool. yeah, they're they're pretty rough. New England in general, True. but um, but yeah, like you, you could just see like he wasn't like really getting the dumb rookie calls that Terrence did over his first two years, like. He played really honestly, like he'd been there for a couple of years. Like yeah, he knew what very he was disciplined. Doing. He played like you would expect Deontay Burton to be playing, like, um, but better. Um, he shows no fear in shooting a three ball if he's open. He does not hesitate. Doesn't pump fake. He just says, "Hey, I'm open. I'm going up with the shot." Now he might have seven different versions of that jump shot, but you know <laughs> what? He's not afraid to say, "All right, I'm open. I'm going to shoot my shot." And he's also, he also makes the right play, though. Like he makes he'll right shoot play. that shot, but if someone closes out, he swings it. He he'll make that very pass. cerebral. Not yeah. af- not afraid to attack closeouts. He played a lot of point guard at Arizona State. He was a blue chipper. He was a five star kid, at Arizona State. So we shouldn't be completely shocked by his IQ and his skill set. Um, but he's just built like a tank. But he has so much to his game, and his handles are actually pretty decent. Um, so I'd be very excited to see what he does in his jump for next year, yeah. uh, whenever that, whenever that jump or whenever that season may start. Um, but yeah, just completely, it, it did not seem like he like when I think it was Jenny Carlson wrote that article. She said he's not even he's not even practicing with the team. He has to look at video and talk with the coaches. That blew my mind that he's yep. playing at that high of a level, and like he's not even practicing with the team. He doesn't have Chris Paul directing him where to go and how to be and how he wants it. Like he's learning through the games. Like that's that's stupid, and that's yeah. so unrated, that, uh, like underrated that people need to understand. This man was not with the team, yep. and he saw so much success early and often, and he was not like making dumb rookie mistakes. Like He made fewer rookie mistakes than Baisley did, and this man had to play against the best opponents. Like Hart, He shut down Harden. He shut down Donovan Mitchell. He shut Devin down Booker. Dame. Devin Booker. It's like, come on. Like, Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Lord have mercy. Well, like, and, and again, like you mentioned Baisley, and I think we went over the Baisley surprise uh, as one of our – honorable mentions like we expected basically to potentially get some g league time well we absolutely thought that dort was going to be stashed in the g league and oh, oh this got, is an interesting some, guy some we'll g league time because jake got yeah. to talk to him yeah true yeah. true true but uh we certainly did not see him contributing much for the thunder um getting a two-way maybe but doing what he's done on a two-way absolutely absolutely did not see that happening and speaking of a guy and a group of guys who have really kind of gotten um screwed over by the whole coronavirus situation is Lou Dort and some of these two-way players who would have been yeah. converted, you know? Oh, yeah, with their, with their counted days being converted to full contracts, you're right. Now they're just on pause. And, like, it makes me just, like, it, it's just crazy to think that, like, oh, yeah, Lou Dort's going to play in G League. Jake gets to talk to him several times. Sometimes he was like, you were the only one talking to him, right? Yeah, most times. <laughs> not not sometimes, all the time. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild. And then, like, you know, you hate to see guys lose their jobs to injury. You hate to see guys lose their jobs to, like, especially if it's for Terrence Ferguson, losing your job to personal reasons, like for court cases over custody, what it seems like with this with his daughter. I'm speculating, of course, but right. it's well, the, and, the, and the, probably the very popular rumor well. was with his daughter and I think his grandma. His, had, again, there's just a bunch of personal. I'm with you. But, I um, but whatever it is, you hate to see guys lose their jobs to that. And, uh, God, Lou came in and 
was unrelenting and never just gave that spot up. And it came to the be that you know, you're the new starting two guard. Go guard the best player on the team, and he can guard positions one through four because of how thick and you know like as how, how long his legs are and yeah or arms are excuse me and just how uh muscular and strong he is it's crazy to me how thick he is and how strong he is but how nimble how quick i mean how many are, times yeah. do you see him his be able to quick. squeeze over the top of a screen and stay with a shooter and to then slide dr- his feet to and cut then off draw, a drive draw charges that was his yeah. first thing in india was charging drawing charges can you He's, imagine uh, if uh Physically, he's very gifted, and and I'm very excited to see kind of what he can progress as moving forward. Uh, yeah, please, Wes Matthews. Please, Wes Matthews. Please, yeah. Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews. True. Peak Wes uh, Matthews in PDX, not Marcus Smart style kind of player. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Please, that please. Kind of reminds me of it. It'd be perfect. Hey, for this it scene. almost feels like he makes guys like Terrence Ferguson and Hamadou Diallo very expendable. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely. So. All right, well, just to recap, guys, our number one most underrated aspect of the Thunder season is Lou Dort emerging and getting a starting spot. Number two was Billy Donovan's success. Number three is the Thunder's style of play. Number four was the Thunder's culture. And number five was the Nerlens re-signing and his progression this year. Our honorable mentions, which we'll put up on Twitter as a poll so you guys can choose our basically our number six. Honorable mentions are Abdul Nader's progress this season, Terrence Ferguson falling off the map, Baisley's playing time and contribution, and then lastly, the absence of Andre Robertson. So we'll throw those on Twitter. Please go vote, uh, and we will announce that winner and add it to our list and make our list a list of six. Uh, And before we get out of here, we got to leave you guys with a little bit of wrap it up. over now. Hold on now. Hang in there with about that. Can you read? Wrap it up. Alright, so during my uh, my social distancing at home, I have started to watch Parks and Rec. And not Tiger King. Hey, fantastic show. Yeah, I know. I need to get on it. I've been watching Parks and Rec. I've really enjoyed it. It's a hilarious show. It's awesome. He doesn't like uh, The Office though, so <laughs> it makes no touche. sense. Makes no sense. So I figured, since all of us have watched Parks and Rec, that we would go around and we would assign every member of our podcast a Parks and Rec character. Which Parks and Rec character is most like them? Dude. <laughs> and I'm excited for this. <laughs> I haven't good. thought about any of this. <laughs> I got all right. literally none. Uh, Taylor is Chris. Tra- is it Chris Traeger? Chris is that his Traeger. Last name? Traeger. Yeah. One, two, that's one hundred percent Taylor. Yeah, I agree. I work out. I smile. I'm a, a little over the top he's, sometimes. He's a positive guy. <laughs> and Perkins. 100%. And Perkins. One hundred percent Chris Traeger. I like it. Who is Justin? If we had to get a comp that's, for that's Justin, that's my difficult one. I yeah. know this is difficult. Um. Because like Justin's like. The smart, level-headed yeah. person of the group, and we don't make fun of him, so he can't be Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> so he can't Jerry, be Jerry, Terry, Larry. Uh, that's that's tough. Justin, I don't know. I really don't know for Justin. Oh, All right, man. well, let's move on. Who's Nick? Oh, <laughs> um, just by personality. Sure. Tom Haverford. 
Yeah, he kind of reminds me like in yeah, personality. Yeah, he's a little bit of a Tom Haverford. Yeah. He's a party guy. Like on his Instagram, this man's always drinking and having fun, <laughs> and like I'm sure he's worried about how he looks. And but he does. He's not worried about getting the ladies because I think he has a lady. Um, but other than that, he reminds Tom me of Hanford. Tom. It's pretty good. Which is ironic, right? <laughs> what about Kamiar? Who's Kamiar? Like. Kamiar would make it like a if April was a dude, Kamiar would be a good April. Like they have similar personalities, <laughs> just like <laughs> very yeah, like that's probably a good like one. dry humor, you know. That I, but like super hilarious and make you just die every time they like. I, I feel like they have a uh, similar personalities. Yeah. So has, the listeners yeah. at home don't get this side of Kamiar, but Kamiar likes to just yell random stuff a lot, it's true. Uh, especially pre pre pod. He just he'll, hey, that we're gonna go get today. some water, and then he's like. Yeah! And goes crazy. Which makes him very teeth. much uh, a Craig. Oh, yeah. Remember whenever they had the merger of Pawnee and Eagleton, and uh, Craig's the crazy guy dude, in the parks department? Dude, Craig. I freaking love Billy. Uh, uh, Eichner. Billy Eichner, I freaking yeah. love Billy Eichner. <laughs> Billy on the Street. If you haven't watched that Netflix series, go watch it. It's so That's good. Awesome. All right. Uh, who am I? You're a good Ben. I, I like that. We were talking a little bit of pre-pod. I think you're you make a good Ben. Um, a good Ben. Leslie's eventual husband. Spoiler sure. alert. <laughs> I like yeah. Ben's really nerdy. Like whenever uh, Leslie gets him the Iron Throne for I think it's yeah. their anniversary. Yes. When he was sad, he bought the Batman suit. <laughs> <laughs> he also, uh, whenever he was off work, invented the game uh, Cones of Dunshire, which is yes. totally something I would do. Yeah. He That's likes really so. calzones, and he wants to make a calzone place called the low-cal calzone zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's do some NBA comps with Parks and Rec real oh, quick. Oh, man. If you can come up with any NBA comps. Oh, man. Um, Stephen uh, Adams right, so, is so Ron remember Swanson. The, the not, not Ron Swanson, but the like the hippie Ron yes. that yes. came over in the merger? Kyle Singler. Oh, my God. Yep. Don't tell me I'm wrong because I'm That's not. That's good. That's right. What about uh, like Ron with Tammy? Um, oh God. James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, uh, I like that was it. a little bit of a reach. Um, Who's just an idiot in the NBA? But Mitch McGarry. You want, you want a list? And, uh, I was going to say Ron kind of reminds me of like a Kyrie Irving in a sense. Just like yeah. kind of crazy uh, the world conspiracy is flat, theorist. Like everybody's out to get me. That's a good Who one. Who is Andy yeah. Dwyer of the NBA? Uh, Mitch McGarry. <laughs> no. Um, um, oh, my gosh. Why am I going blank? The the guy who starts at center for the for the Lakers. Oh, um, JaVale McGee. <laughs> JaVale McGee. That's a pretty Andy, good one. JaVel McGee is totally Andy Dwyer. I love Andy. One. He is so freaking stupid. It's good <laughs> stuff. Uh, uh, any other ones for league-wide? We haven't done mm. Leslie Nopes, like the main character, and I uh, main oh, protagonist. And I... Okay. Kevin Durant is uh, congressman or whatever, representative. Yes, Because anything he says, yes. I just hate, and I yes. just want to destroy And him. he totally will backcross you. And also, uh, he has bad hair. Come on, bro. Like, get them, get them waves going. Like, I love it. That's a perfect one. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome. Uh, I've really enjoyed Parks and Rec, but I'll get on Tiger King so we can do a uh, wrapping it up. Tiger King. He's in promise. the septic tank. He's in the yes, yes. 
All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for checking out the pod. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure you go and hit that subscribe button so you can get our podcast right as we upload. If you're a longtime listener, hey, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for always tuning in. Um, You can expect more stuff from us later in the week as we come up with more topics and things to podcast about. We're going to try to keep our content as regular as possible. Uh, We may even do another rewatch this week and another uh, Thunder Encore recap. So be on the lookout for those as well. Make sure you check out Blue Wire Podcasts, our podcast network. They are on Twitter at Blue Wire Pods and then BlueWirePods.com. Go find your new podcast to listen to. Also, go to betonline.ag, get that 100% sign up bonus. Uh, go bet some money on either something crazy or you can do their online casino games. Have a great beginning of your week. Please, please, please stay safe, uh, whether you're stateside or one of our international listeners. Uh, please stay safe, social distance, wash your hands a lot. Uh, we love you guys. We don't want anything bad to happen to you. We don't want, don't want you guys to get sick. Um, and we will talk to you guys in the next few days. Thunder up. Can't feel my foot to sleep. <laughs> the rubber band. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.